We'll get rolling here. All right. Yay! Thanksgiving! Today I've got some good news. Imagine that. Good news. <laughs> I want to take a look at hindsight is 2020. The pun is on 2020, you know. Terrible. Boo, sad, but oh well, that's how I roll. So I know we can look at 2020 being the year of, oh my goodness, what was that? And, uh, and it is. It's a wild year. But we don't have to look at just all the negatives. There's a ton of positives. There really is. And when you begin to look for them, you will find them. It, it's, it's crazy. And even if you've had really bad stuff, what? I just caught a squirrel. You know how I do. Look, look a squirrel. But my wife just messaged me that I caught a squirrel in my trap. That's awesome. <laughs> I'll uh, go home after church and release that to a new home. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, thanks for the distraction. Okay, Thanksgiving, hindsight is 2020. Um, let's see, can I get the clicker again? Kind sir. All right, I'm going to do a lot of clicking in the next couple of minutes, just so you know. If you want to see positive changes in your life, start by being thankful. This is a, I forget where I got this quote from, but this is something to be remembered today when many of us are saying, woe is me, look at my mess, look at the trouble I'm in, look at my situation, it's me, 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 me. And unfortunately, if we're honest, there's a lot of meism going on. People are more focused about themselves and their own problems, they're not seeing anyone else's. And they're so self-centered in everything. That includes walking down the aisle the wrong way and then not caring. Not that anybody's ever seen that or experienced that, right? Worth the mask. I don't need to wear a mask. You know, all those attitudes that happen. Like, this isn't about fighting them. This is, this is starting to think other-centered. If you knew as a believer that God made you in your DNA with agape, which is love, then let's let that agape show. And it's not easy. I have not perfected this. You should see me driving roundabouts. Oh, Yeah. Holy gestures and everything. It's crazy. So last week I asked you guys to uh, send in some notes of what you're thankful for. And so uh, I want to uh, get comments from you. If you're online watching and you did not make a comment of what you're thankful for, um, you can jump on and make the comment. I'll try and get to it uh, shortly. But uh, there's a number of people that wrote, and it was pretty good stuff. Um, and if you, uh, the reason I want to read them for you is so you get to hear what others in your church family and those that are not part of the church family are thankful for. Because you might be inspired and encouraged or be reminded, oh yeah, you're right. That is something to be really thankful for. Because we, we can't remember it all. So the first one was Ken from his fire pit. This is where we have our corn roast all the time. And he sent me this picture last night trying to rub it in. Thinking, Thanks a lot, buddy. What time should I be there? <laughs> but they were having their family do yesterday, and uh, it was a very special time and good for them. So he's thankful for Thanksgiving and having family around. So that was really cool. Then I got uh, Nancy. She wrote this. She was thankful for phone calls from her brother just to chat with no agenda, no ulterior motive. Her view from her windows, by the way, she's in a really tall apartment in, in, by Waterloo, by Waterloo Park. Uh, so her view is amazing, see all kinds of activity and awesome, the awesomeness of nature, being close enough to walk to many places that are important to me, including one of my sons. Well, I know that son. I'm not sure that's a gift. No, I'm kidding. Just kidding. He's my brother-in-law. <laughs> I'm sure he appreciates that too. So there we go. Had to give you a, a heckle there, Kevin. Uh, next, we have 
uh, Becky. Becky says, I'm grateful for love. By the way, I didn't get to paste everything in because there's some people had a lot and I had to pare it down. She's grateful for love. And he, God, reminds me of many scriptures. For many things, uh, for home, family, church, food, on and on. I'm thankful for the love of God, which is gushing out of everywhere uh, with no end at all. And it keeps on giving. So her real point was she had an acknowledgement that God's love is in all things. And she's starting to see it. And it's becoming contagious. It's really affecting her. That was great. Thanks, Becky. And then we have Joy and Mark. Thanks because of COVID-19. Here's a great Thanksgiving for COVID-19. We are so thankful to have found you, Hope Fellowship Online, and now be welcomed in person in the Grounds and Grace group. Uh, has been a joy to our hearts. Doesn't get much better than good coffee, <coughs> great coffee, and precious fellowship. So yes, so Joy and Mark, thank you. Um, then we have Karen, a husband who says, no problem, I'll make supper when I tell him I have to work late. That's a perfect one. And then uh, Bev, he writes, my partner Chris, uh, the health I do have, good food, no debt, beautiful fall, actually enjoying the thoughts and the Grace Walk devotional you gave me years ago. Um, I like the idea of the, the, the book, and here's why. This is looking back and seeing what somebody may have given you and finding value in it even today. Not forgetting that when we say good things to one another, it's not just a 30-second good news. It goes deep into your psyche, deep into your soul, and it can be retracted and brought up and remembered often. It's there forever, especially when you look for it. It's quite incredible. Um, John, he writes, I give thanks for all things little and small, good times of hardship, knowing the Almighty walks alongside with me and guides me along my path. And thankful for many family, friends, and animals in our lives that bring us joy, love, and comfort. They had a problem with their dog this week, and uh, it was, they, they had some positive results, but it got sad and scary for them. And his wife, Brenda, writes, uh, thank you for my vets and their staff, breeders, offering wisdom for a loving and understanding husband. Look at that husband. Just, just appreciating the husband. It's wonderful. Don't hear that enough. All right. Whoever complained about, who never complained about the many trips to the stores and vets. All the guys are chuckling. Anyway, um, I'm thankful for such a loving papa, God, who was present in each one of us throughout this ordeal, not just today or this week, but always. Thank you, papa, for listening to me and my prayers. Then we have Rod. This is kind of fun. He did one per day. Monday, got my bicycle out, went for my first ride. Thankful for muscles that still work. Or, I bet you, you discovered muscles that you didn't know were there anymore. Anyway, that's it, true. Tuesday, thanks for my eyesight that enables the enjoyment of the autumn color change. Wednesday, thanks for the barks and the tail wags I received when entering the hearth of home at day's end. Yeah, they're loud. <laughs> anyway, Thursday, new appreciation of nature and the many wildflowers, plants that I've been able to identify in my neighborhood. Something else he didn't write there because it's too much to put on there. He has this really cool app that he can put onto a flower or plant if he doesn't know what it is, and he's learning all the plants along his path, and he's learning names to them. Go, what? That's that? So kind of cool. He's, he's, just, he's just enjoying that. He showed that to me one day when we were out for a walk. Friday, thanks to the pleasing aroma of homemade chicken soup. By the way, he makes the best homemade chicken soup. That's it. Just fact. And then Saturday, uh, okay, Saturday's the best one. Fresh brewed coffee at my desk. Thank you, Rod. Uh, my wife. This is kind of cool. Um, this is, was more generic in a way because there's a lot. And when I went through this, I went, ooh, somebody's going deep fast. 
to have limitless clean water or hot water, cold or hot water, something many in the world do not have. Thankful that my kids have an ed- many educational and career options. They do not have to be forced into labor they do not want to do. They do not have to work so our family can survive. We were reading stories. She was sharing stories around the world right now of kids that were in schools. And because of COVID, now they're forced to go out and work in the streets and in countries. That they're losing their education because of this crisis. So something to be really thankful for. Oh, a husband who cleans the bathroom very well, very well, every week, for a wide variety of food options available. Do you know the variety of food you have available to you? Depends which grocery store you go to. Oh, my goodness, yeah, you have no idea. I remember when I used to go to the States, we'd go, because they have weird food there that we don't have here, and so we quickly buy all the stuff you, you don't have, but it's just a variety. So to be thankful for the variety, yeah, that's a big deal. I have a warm and safe, secure home in a neighborhood to live in. Unlike Robinson in Pakistan, he had to move out of a, uh, his home area where there were gunshots on the, his house wall just because of the shootings that happened all the time. And assassination, so that's, that's a big contrast. Uh, thankful I wasn't a child bride at 12 years old, so am I. <laughs> um, that was a joke. <laughs> but it's real. Young girls, you know, uh, sent out to get married, even at eight, young as 10 in some places. I'm thankful I have coffee and chocolate every day. I can have it every day. Uh, I'm glad to have ideas and things I want to do, which not everybody has the option to have other wishes. The wishes are given to you in certain cultures. This is what your future will be. This is your job for the future. This is the relationship you're going to be in. I'm glad to live in a place with seasons that change. Yes, we, uh, we enjoy all the seasons. Oh, yeah, I'm showing the list. I'm getting in trouble for showing the list. All right. Anyway, that's all right. Thanksgiving. I can't say who sent this in, but what are you thankful for? Vegetarians. Anyway. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Come on. All right, let's keep going. Thanksgiving, a way to remember. What do we do to remember? In some weddings, they exchange rings, and it's a reminder you're married. Um, sometimes you, have, you send flowers as a reminder of, hey, you're celebrating something. Um, uh, this church building that we're using here, they have a plaque built into the wall of when certain additions were built, so they remember when and, and the circumstances around the building. This place in Bethel, Genesis 28, it says this. The first biblical reference to memorial stones when Jacob set a pillar in Bethel to commemorate a powerful vision of God that he experienced while sleeping there. The experience was so striking that Jacob felt that it must be commemorated. So he erected the stone upon which he slept. He fell asleep on a stone in the story. And he saw a vision of angels going up and down the step, these steps all the way up to heaven. It was an incredible vision. And so his pillow was a rock. Jacob did not want to forget what God had given him. Bethel means house of God. Then became an important center for worship. By physically remembering what God had done, Jacob increased his faith and the faith of those who later worshipped there. So people... Coming past that place would see that. In fact, there was another well, Jacob's well. It was another uh, thing that was marked. Everybody knew what that well was and, and the history behind that well. Another reference is in Gilgal, Joshua 
Twelve tribes removed boulders from the riverbed. This is when the Israelites crossed the Jordan River. Do you remember when they, were, they came out of Egypt as slaves and then they, they uh, were told, hey, you get the new land, Canaan. That's where you get to, you get to the, 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 the new world, the promised land. Moses couldn't go. He didn't have enough faith or he really messed up bad or whatever the reason was. But they got to this river and it was real, they couldn't cross it. It was like um, high tide time where I guess it was rain season or whatever. And uh, um, they, God opened it up that he stopped the river. And they were able to go across safely with, with uh, uh, dry land. And so they, they were instructed because there's 12 tribes. So each tribe had to take a huge stone from the middle of that river where the, the, um, uh, the priest stood. Because the priest walked out in the water and stopped at a certain place. And boom, the water was held up back uh, further upstream from that point on. And that's where they took the rocks from. It's a profound event. Do you ever have something really big happen to you? You say, there's no way I want to forget this event. There's no way I want to forget this conversation. And we write it down. There's no way I want to, you know, we all have our, our, our different memories we want to not forget. Uh, okay, so this is, this is the one. They took the 12 stones. In the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. God longs for us to proclaim his goodness to future generations. So those stones were there so that nobody would forget. There's, a, there's value in having things to remember. Now, sometimes we... we have these icons, we have statues, we got, uh, and some churches have a ton of things that they either bow to or pray at or whatever. These are things to remember what God has done in history. Some take it too far, I think, and pray to the actual picture. I don't know. I don't get all that, and that's okay. Uh, but there's a value to it for that person. There's something that connects them to the story. Well, in the Protestant movement, we've chucked it. We say, oh, we don't need any of those. We worship God, not things. And so we've, the pendulum swings the other way too far, and we don't realize that, hang on, some of this art, especially you artists, some of this art or this architecture was designed to put us in awe of God. Somebody negative would say, oh, they could have spent that money on something else. Yes, you can get into all that. But it's there now. Enjoy the work of creation through humanity that God inspired. Each one of you got different gifts. We need to celebrate all of them. Then we have one last one. Uh, Ebenezer, what a funny name. Um, depicts the Israelites under imminent attack from the Philistines, and God leads them to victory. So Samuel erects a large stone and names it Ebenezer, meaning the stone of help. So now when we sing that one hymn, Something about Ebenezer, guys, some of you who do the hymns know there's one of them that has the Ebenezer line. We have no idea what it means. Now you do. <laughs> it's the stone of help. Samuel recognized the source of their victory and publicly declared it. Do you know how easy it is to take credit for stuff? I did this. I planned. And yet, really, who planned? Who spoke into your life? Who provided years in advance before you even knew that you needed the help? Oh, yeah, parents <laughs> do so much for kids. It's not until you're much older that you realize, oh, my goodness, I can't believe all that my parents have done for me. Usually when you have kids, that's, that's a big revelation. And if you haven't got that revelation, you need that revelation. Because there's, there's a lot that has been planted into you. All the good advice, all the care, all the provision, 
Um, even the equity, like there's, there's a lot that goes into this. Well, there's something else that is worth remembering and someone who remembered. This is a, a Christmas story. Can you believe it? We're bringing Christmas into Thanksgiving. Here we have Mary and Joseph traveling to Bethlehem. Mary gives birth and lays Jesus in a manger as there's nowhere else. An angelic encounter to the shepherds, and the shepherds then find Jesus. And here's what happens. Verse 17 in Luke 2, it says, Upon seeing this miraculous sign, the shepherds recounted what, they, what had just happened. That means they repeated it. And I guarantee it wasn't just once. They couldn't shut up. All right? They went everywhere. Blah, 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 blah. Leave, I can believe this. Hey, did you hear about that? Oh, yeah. Like, honestly, it's like your favorite team winning a sport and you want to rub it into all the others who didn't cheer and you say, look, my team won. Yeah. All that stuff. But this is so much bigger. So much bigger. And here they said, because everyone that heard the shepherds, they were astonished by what they were told because these were just simple people. Then upon seeing this miraculous sign, all this happened, then Mary treasured all these things in her heart and often pondered what they meant. We don't know much about pondering. We don't take enough time to ponder. There's another word that identifies pondering better. It's called meditate. To meditate on, to ponder deeply, to not just think of the topic, it's not nice, then move on to the next, but rather ponder, consider, look at it from different angles. And that's what Mary did. That's what Thanksgiving is for. So we ponder, meditate, think on those things to be thankful for, just like the wonderful lists of things people gave us uh, this past week. Those are really important things. We cannot forget them. Maybe one or two of them hit you. Good. That was for you. Some of them hit me. That's for me. First Corinthians. I love this. Again, this is a reminder to think back and remember. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord took some bread and gave thanks for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in what? Remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. As often as you drink it, for every time you eat of this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Even Jesus, towards the end of his life, saying, here, remember these things. Why? So we're thankful. We can look back and see what has gone on to remember the good words that have come to us through wise people. In Ephesians 1, it says, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy. Well, wait a minute. Well, back that up for a second. When did God start to love us? Even before he made the world. That's going to tick off some people. <laughs> and that's good. It should. God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy. Oh my goodness. Ha! You were holy before you knew it. That's pretty cool. And without fault. Okay. That verse, I, for, I forgot how powerful it was. That one, you should stamp on your heart. 
If you have any insecurities of God's love for you, of how God sees you, bingo. He's crazy about you. And there's nothing he can do about it. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. And then what's our response to this kind of good news? So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. We belong to Jesus, whether you believe it or not. We are all God's children, whether you believe it or like it or not. You just eat that verse up there. Before you were made, he loved you. Before you were even, the world was created, he chose you to be holy without fault. God does not look at anyone and their faults. Because my list is big. And if, if you came from a background like I did that's shame-based, guilt-driven, it, it, it plagues you right into, I'm, I'm 52 now. It still creeps its way in. That's not how God designed us. God loves you and likes you right now. Your behavior only reflects what you believe. does not necessarily reflect how God sees you. That's it. Big, big thing to note. Next one to be thankful for. In the message, in 1 Thessalonians 5, it says this, Be cheerful no matter what. But what about, no, it said no matter what, but what about, no, no matter what. Pray all the time. But I can't, I drive sometimes. Well, pray with your eyes open. <laughs> like, it's okay, it's safer that way. Forget it, you guys are, oh, you don't get it. Yes, you do. Anyway. You're just rolling your eyes. That's what it is. Okay, this is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. Be cheerful. Be thankful in all things. New Living Translation says, Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now, this wording here is critical. Thankful in all circumstances. It does not say thankful for. Sometimes we can be. But still to walk in difficult circumstances that are not going your way, to still be thankful in the circumstance, that, that, that's work. That's not easy. Praying at all times? How is that even possible? Remember this. Prayer happens spirit to spirit, not mouth to God. It can express itself that way, but we pray from inside. And God speaks to us on the inside. Sometimes we have to slow things down because we have too much noise, headphones on, too much, TV on, too much, whatever, distracted with visual things, too much to hear God. Like that video that Gary had on for the countdown today, the walking the path of nature and the colors, oh my goodness. Sometimes we just got to get out there just for a little bit and leave this world stuff alone and capture nature, its vibration, its health for our bodies, and understand that Christ holds all things together. If he's holding that creation together, he's holding you together. His hands are on that creation as well. So when we see it, we can see the handiwork of God, which speaks to us. That's how nature can speak to your soul, because God's in it. It's pretty wild. Psalm 42. This one's cool. So then... My soul, why would you be depressed? Why would you sink into despair? 
Just keep hoping and waiting on God, your Savior. For no matter what, I will still sing with praise, for living before his face is my saving grace. For no matter what, I will still sing. In the New Living Translation, you'll probably recognize this. Why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Yet will I praise him. David vented in the Psalms. You think you know how to vent. (laughs) I think David toned it down. (laughs) But he was extremely expressive. In fact, he's quite graphic in a lot of the Psalms. Take their heads off and send the snakes after, kill them all. By the end of the Psalm, but yet, Lord, I will praise you. He's allowed to vent. He's allowed to work through his emotions. Sometimes you can't trust the first emotion that hits you. But we judge everybody on their first emotion. How could you say that? Right? So we need a little more grace here for others as they wrestle through personal difficulties and how they express things. I thought that was really a cool one. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Take a look at the past pandemics and wars from even 100 years ago. I posted a, uh, an article on Martin Luther uh, from 500 years ago during a pandemic. He was one of the guys who ended up finding a doctor to be with the sick and poor while everybody else distanced themselves even 500 years ago. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> it's not a new thing. It's worth reading the article. If you're on my Facebook page, go down and look at it. I think it's called Don't, How, Don't Tempt God or something like that in a, in a pandemic. I don't know. It's it, really good. Very well thought out. Um, but the reminder was, even as believers, um, yes, God is in charge and can heal us, but there's a common sense when there's disease going on. And he was, he, I'm so glad he wrote that or he's recorded as saying that. Uh, take a look at the past wars, even the First and Second World War. Horrible. What people went through, oh, it's a terrible time. My Wi-Fi is really slow. Are you kidding? There were 17 and 18-year-olds going to war who had to eat whatever they could get, even kill rats to eat something. That's how bad it was. Like, we have no clue. You know, I remember, I still remember some of the stories my mom told me in Germany. You know, when the war started to turn and they turned on Germany, my mom was a young, young girl and she was hiding in the basement of her house with family members. And a bomb came down through their house, crashed through into the basement they were hiding in and did not detonate. They got out of there real quick. But as they went out, they were crawling over other people's dead bodies because the bombs had just done a terrible work. But my Wi-Fi is slow. I want whole wheat special. I want a special coffee. Like all of our little whiny needs. I'm sorry. It is a whiny thing when things get serious. Be thankful. Like the, the list we had from the others. Be thankful for what you have. So if you do get a specialty coffee that you just love, be extra thankful for it. Don't take it for granted. Look back in your own past. 
the past pain and difficult circumstances. Can you see how God was with you through it? Can you look back and find stories in your life where God was there? Hindsight's 2020. I, I can look back and see many situations where God provided for me and my family. We had no way, how the heck are we going to do this? Lori and I have a couple stories. Each of you probably have a story or two where we can see God's hand in it. You can even see God's hand in terrible circumstances. That's not what you wanted. But because of that, that made you move to that city to meet this person, to experience that group of people, to enjoy what you have now. You have no way of knowing who can figure it out. If you don't see it yet, there's still time. You may see. Look at a past pain of a loved one and observe how they handled it and gleaned wisdom. There are many who are, have gone through many difficult circumstances, young and old. Maybe it's worth asking them, how would your attitude stay sort of positive? And they'll tell you, it wasn't always positive. Yeah, but you showed it. Well, that's nice you saw that. And then they become human and honest about how rough it was. We're allowed to have difficult times. And we're not supposed to be surprised that we're having difficult times. Everybody goes through that. I just thought this was good. Take a look back and, and remember. Colossians 3 does the same thing. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, that's looking back, reminding you, you have been raised in Christ. Set your sights on the realities of heaven. This is looking ahead. Where Christ sits in the place of honor, God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in his glory. This is encouragement to think on things that are better. Not get sucked into the negativity. More hindsight is 2020. Benefits of being thankful. These are, i got two lists here. If you're wondering if, it's, if there's any value in it, if you're a grumpy and in a negative mood, you're not going to receive this very well today. But maybe, maybe later you will. Gratitude unshackles us from toxic emotions. Are you having trouble? Are there deep pains you're working with or you've been surrounded by toxic people and it's getting on to you? Then begin the journey of gratefulness and thankfulness, and watch that begin to heal. Gratitude helps even if you don't share it. This is for your benefit. It's like you can be thankful. This was based on a study that was done where people wrote letters, thankful, being thankful letters. Some were not delivered, and yet the experience of the one who wrote the letter still was profound. It affected them. It's like forgiveness. We've talked about the benefit of forgiveness. It's for your benefit to forgive someone, not them. It's for your benefit, not them. The same thing for thankfulness. Gratitude uh, benefits can take time. It can take months. It can take years for it to have a pattern and effect. It actually physically change you. Uh, gratitude has lasting effects on the brain. It physically alters your brain. Neuroscience is showing us that over and over, especially in the last couple of years. According to Dr. Lubomirsky um, on gratitude, he writes, it promotes savoring of positive life experiences. It bolsters self-worth and self-esteem. Being thankful helps people cope with stress and trauma. Thankfulness encourages caring acts and moral behavior. It helps build social bonds and strengthen existing relationships and nurture new relationships. And we 
know lonely people have twice the rate of heart disease as those with strong social connections. Thankfulness inhibits harmful comparisons. Thankfulness diminishes or deters negative feelings such as anger, bitterness, and greed. Thankfulness thwarts self-indulgent adaptation, the ability to adjust your set point to positive new circumstances so that you don't appreciate the new circumstances and it has little effect on your overall health or happiness. I know that was fast, a lot to read. But this is just the quick version of it. You begin to start to dig into the science of gratitude and being thankful, it will physically affect your body and brain. Deciding to be grateful, this is from Henry Now, and we're going to end with this. Gratitude is the most fruitful way of deepening your consciousness that you are not an accident, but a divine choice. How many people feel like they're an accident? Or they've been told they're, not, they're an accident. You know, mom say, I never wanted you. Dad say, you're not my kid, I never wanted you. Horrible things spoken into people. Some children feel that without even being told that. They just feel that, whether it was true or not. may not even be the parent's fault, but they feel it. Gratitude is the most fruitful way of deepening your, your consciousness that you are not an accident, but you are divine choice. We read that in the scripture earlier. You were chosen before the foundations of the world. It's important to realize how often we have had chances to be grateful and have not used them. When someone is kind to us, when an event turns out well, when a problem is solved, a relationship restored, a wound healed, there are very concrete reasons to offer thanks. Be it with words, flowers, with a letter, a card, a phone call, or just a gesture of affection. I like that one. Every time we decide to be grateful, it will be easier to see new things to be grateful for. Gratitude begets gratitude just as love begets love. Let me read that last line again. Every time we decide to be grateful, it will be easier to see new things to be grateful for. Can you see the contagiousness of that? Now that's a virus we want to spread. The thankfulness virus. <laughs> I tell you, Thanksgiving reminds us that hindsight is twenty twenty. Powerful thing to be reminded of today. Let me just read through some more comments. Somebody wrote, they're thankful for Hope Fellowship's children's messages. She's five, and her name is Melody. She loves the stories. That's really cool. Nisa, where are you from? Oh, there we go, in Connecticut, USA. That's cool. Got a lot of different places today watching. It's great. Uh, Rachel says, Thankful for online church services from Pine Haven Nursing Home. All right. I like that. That's cool. Say hi to anybody else watching. That's fun. And then Linda from Wallaceburg. Thank you for chiming in. Good morning. Let's wrap this up. Heavenly Father, thank you. That's it. Thank you. Amen.